0: Hey, good morning, Harvest, and actually, this is Thursday evening. We've opened up our auditorium for those who would want to become and be a part of worship, and I'm so glad that you did, and uh, you can register online and be a part of our Thursday night taping time as we get ready for September the 12th, our grand opening, our kind of relaunch here in the room, and we're just believing that we're going to uh, be able to put just everybody that wants to be Uh, in our two services beginning on September the 12th. We'll have more information for you as we get a little bit closer. We're in a series right now called Hearing God. This is part two, and tonight's subtitle is It's More Than a Book. More Than a Book. Last week we began that series, and I, I wanted to lay a foundation with you that God wants to talk to you. God wants to communicate because communication is an essential part of relationship. We're in a relationship with a relational God, and he wants us to know more about him and uh, as we draw closer uh, to him. And so uh, I, I shared with you that God communicates with us because he loves us. God communicates with us because he has a plan for our lives, and he wants us to grow into that design, grow into what he made us for. We say it this way at Harvest. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom from your yesterdays. We want you to discover your gifts, and we want you to make a difference with the gifts that God has given you. And so we also learn that God uh, has been speaking. He's never stopped speaking But humanity tuned out the voice of God because of sin. And so as we become Christ followers, we're in relationship with God. We've got to tune back into the voice of God. There are so many voices competing, and we're learning uh, to tune into. This morning, I want to talk to you about the foundation of hearing God's voice, and it's hearing it in his written word, the Bible. Now, I want to be really clear. I said it's foundational to hearing God's uh, voice. It isn't the most important way, but it's foundational. We build on it. Well, you'll understand it more as we go on in our series. Next week, I'll talk to you about hearing his personal word to you. We build that on the foundation of hearing uh, his voice in the scriptures. We're going to talk about that tonight. The week after that, how does God speak through nature, creation, the arts, I've been in a movie before. My kids can tell you when The Lion King first came out and the closing scene, and that young lion is being lifted up and uh, grows into be the powerful lion in the story. And uh, I'm in the theater with my boys, and they were young at the time, and I I yelled out, "That's the Lion of Judah. That's just like Jesus." <laughs> and uh, I was just so caught up with the message uh, of that movie, and because the Word of God was in me, it clicked, and I understood the creativity of that author communicating the great truth of Jesus at the end of the age, and the kingdoms of this world will be the kingdoms of his Christ, and I'm talking too much about Lion King. All right, so I want to talk to you about how to hear God. It's more than a book. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, that you communicate your heart to us, that you love us so very, very much. This is not a one-sided, this is a two-sided relationship. Lord, in this series, encourage us again, Lord, to come into that place, that quiet place with you, where we can hear your voice. In Jesus' name, I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. I hope you can hear that at home, those who have joined us here on Thursday night for the taping. You know, you might be one of those people that... The idea of a, just a good book and a comfy chair, a fireplace if it's wintertime. Feels like wintertime these last few days. Um, a fireplace, a cozy chair, and you get lost in that book. Or perhaps uh, if it's summer like it is right now, that, that chair turned toward the, the water at the lake, or maybe it's a, a beach vacation and you're in your favorite chair and you've got your best book and you just get lost. In reading that book, in fact, hours go by and you don't even know it. I, 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 I wish I could say I can relate, and I love that you do that. I can't, I can't relate at all, because <laughs> I, I don't get lost in the book. And in time, I read a page and get distracted when I turn the page over, <laughs> and I get lost, and I, I, can't, I can't remember what I read, and I go back again, and i I've, I kind of find it, I kind of find it difficult. I got, I got by reading in school, but it really was work. As a pastor, you know, reading is a part of my kind of daily lifestyle of study, but it's still in that category uh, of work. But reading the Bible has always been different for me. I've always enjoyed it. I grew up going to church. My first encounter with God, I can remember it as clear as I'm standing and talking here this evening, or you're watching it on, on Sunday, as clear as the moment you're in right now, I was eight years old and I had an encounter uh, with the Lord and I realized that Jesus needed to be my Savior and I invited him into my life and it really did change me forever and I believe that evening I became born again. And I was taught at an early age that the Bible is God's word. That's how we said it, God's word to us, God's words, not just written as we're going to see, but his spoken words into our life and that God talks to us through the Bible. And I experienced that as a young reader. What I want you to remember is the Bible is not just another book. The Bible is more than a book. Its pages contain the words of God to us. I've met people who have said to me, you know, pastor, uh, I, I really can't relate I've read the Bible, cover to cover, this many times. I can't make sense of it. I, I don't understand what Christianity is. I don't understand what the big deal is. You know what's interesting? First Corinthians tells us this: but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. And he's talking about the truths of the Bible. And when he says spiritual, that doesn't mean spooky, crazy, people who do silly things. It means ordinary people like you and I who have become Christ followers, who have invited Jesus into our alive. and we use that phrase, we become born again. And the Bible says not born naturally, but born of the Spirit, because sin caused our spirit to be dead. The Bible says we're dead and trespasses of sin, but when we invite Jesus to come in and forgive us of our sin, We are born spiritually. And so people who have not been born again, who haven't experienced God, they can't receive or they can't understand the truth of God's Word. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual, those who are born again, those who have invited Jesus, have the Holy Spirit in their life, can understand what the Spirit means. What an interesting scripture. And so the Bible is more than a book. When we as Christ followers begin to open it in faith, understand that it's God's word to us, and it does make sense, it can be and is exciting. And that was my experience. Even though ordinary books, regular books that I read in school, books that I'd read today, I have to work at it. But I don't have to work at reading God's word. It goes on to say in 1 Corinthians, we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. And so I want to stir uh, your faith as we look in this series and we look at this foundational way of hearing God, that God's intention is when we read the scriptures, if we all approach them in faith, saying, these are God's words, this is God's communication to me, it can be alive, it can be real, it can be meaningful, it can be spiritual, it can be like, blow your mind as God communicates to you. Look at what the Bible says about itself. In 2 Timothy, it says, All scripture, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. What that literally means is all scripture is the breath of God. It's the breath of God. It's more than a book. (laughs) This is more than a book. Adam in the garden. Let's talk about the breath of God for a minute and how powerful the breath of God is in the Scriptures. It, it, God took an inanimate uh, object shaped in a, hu- in, in a human being because the Bible says that God created Adam out of the dust, maybe like clay or some water, or I don't know how he did it, but it says that Adam was not alive until God <laughs> breathed into him. And Adam became an eternal being with eternal life. When he rejected God, he lost his eternal life. He still was alive physically. And fast forward into the New Testament, Jesus dies on the cross, so he pays for our sin. At his very first show up with the disciples, he walks through a wall. How cool is that? (laughs) Freaks them out. And he begins to speak to them, but not before saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, they were physically alive, but they were spiritually dead. And Jesus breathed the same way God did into Adam, into his disciples, the very breath of God. And I believe that as we read the Scriptures, if we'll understand all Scripture is God's breath, then by faith, God's breathing into us his very life, which sustains us in this walk with him. Look at this. Psalm 33, verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. We know that it says in Genesis, and God said, and when God spoke out loud, I, we talked about that last week, their starry host, now he switches the language up by the breath of his mouth. And so he makes an equation here for us. Scripture interprets itself. That's as we're reading the Bible, and we'll learn some of these principles. And uh, as we go on, and you, if you're new to the Bible, uh, you'll learn how to do these things where, oh, wait a minute here. It's kind of like he's giving us um, an understanding. It says the breath of God the word of god the breath of god the word of god and because the psalmist David uses those interchangeably so can we job said it this way for the spirit of god has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life remember we're reading uh, in in first uh, in second timothy that all scripture is breathed out by God. Every word was his breath breathed out, and authors wrote it down as God breathed into them his very thoughts and these very words that we call the Scripture. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty sustains me or gives me life. Job 32, 8. But it's the Spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them, not life this time, this time it says, that gives them understanding. So as we read the Bible, we say, I don't understand this. Keep reading. (laughs) Keep reading and make it a lifetime journey to understand this is my time. As I read the scriptures, this is my time to understand and learn how to get to know God. All scriptures are God's breath, his life, his sustaining power, his very words, and it goes on, and it's useful to teach us, teach us what is true. You know, the idea of truth is unpopular today. The idea that there are absolutes, The idea that there is right and there is wrong. That's kind of a foreign idea in our culture, but we want to kind of break through that as there is an absolute. There is truth. It is useful, the Word of God, to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Now, look, God is not uh, spending his time trying to point out your faults, Remember, I said that God wants you to reach your destiny. He doesn't just communicate to you because he loves you. He communicates to you because he wants you to grow. I used the illustration last week of Emma and Josh with their new little baby, Chloe. And they're not saying to Chloe, Chloe, we just can't wait for you to grow up and be selfish. We just can't wait for you to grow up and be the mean girl in the class. We just can't wait for you to, no, no. They're speaking life into her, even as a baby. They're telling her all the great things. When you grow up, you're going to be awesome. You're going to take over the world. You're going to be amazing. And a parent's voice, how much more God's voice. And so the word of God isn't to nitpick and find out what's wrong. It's to find out what's holding you back from your destiny, what's holding you back. And God wants to speak using his word and say, hey, that attitude is keeping you from breaking through. And so uh, God, it helps us to realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. There it all is in one scripture. The know God, find freedom, uh, you, Discover your gifting and make a difference. God's communicating. So those things, those four key things for us at Harvest that we want everybody to discover. And there it is in that scripture. God loves us. He communicates. God loves us and wants us to grow. He's communicating. What what else is happening? He wants you to do what he's communicating so that you can be what he's created you to be. So let's go on with this tonight. I hope I've convinced you in this morning. I hope I've convinced you that God's Word is powerful. It's not just a book. Would you say it with me, not just a book? Not just a book. So how do I hear God in the Bible? Number one, this is profound. This is going to rock your world. Get ready. Here it is. Read it. (laughs) Read the Bible. Can I challenge you that if you've gotten away from regular reading, that you would just set five minutes aside um, as, as we continue moving through this message. I hope it will inspire you to do that. Start with five minutes a day, just reading a portion of scripture. And you'd say, Pastor, where do I start? I would answer, not in Leviticus. All right, not in Leviticus, not in Deuteronomy, <laughs> not in, in in some of the, uh, I, I, I've, I've talked to people who are Christ followers just, they're new to, uh, to, you know, to, to Christianity and they've come to harvest and they know that we, we talk about reading God's word. And so they begin and I say, how's it going? Well, I, I don't understand what I'm reading. I go, where are you reading? Leviticus. I go, stop that right now. <laughs> and we'll look at another point and you'll understand what, well, is it appropriate to read Leviticus? It is. But I want you to start reading or if you're kind of reengaging this time, in the what we call the Gospels, the good news. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four writers who are writing about the period of Jesus' life here on earth, and they're like different newspapers, different newspaper reporters. It's the same stories, but from different perspectives. And so as we read the Gospels, uh, we learn about Jesus. In fact, Jesus' words, if you have a red letter edition, and if you don't have one, I'd encourage you to get one. And read the red. (laughs) It's the actual words of Jesus. Get to know Jesus as you read. Because in those gospels, in that account of Jesus on the earth, revealing who God is to us, God's words to us in human form, Emmanuel, God with us, you will hear Jesus talk to his disciples and how he lovingly talks to them and, and, and cares about them. And you'll hear him talk to you. You'll hear him talk to the Pharisees. The religious people of the day—that's not his Christ followers. That's the people who are insistent on religion, insistent on having people try to reach God through the law. Jesus doesn't treat them very nicely. he, he doesn't speak very kindly to the Pharisees. That—that that isn't Jesus's voice to you or I, or even to the world. That's his voice to a religious organization or a religious mindset that says you can't really know God unless. You get your life spotless, unless you just got it all together, then maybe, maybe God would speak to you. No, nonsense. God speaks to everyone. We're learning that. And we learn uh, that Jesus spoke to his disciples, he spoke to the Pharisees. You'll hear him speak to you. Not the Pharisees' language, but his Christ follower, the discipleship language. Read the Psalms, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the Psalms. The Psalms are the biggest part of your Bible, right smack dab in the middle. And the Psalms are David, King David's, who was a worshiper and a lover of God, pouring his heart out in reality. And when life sucked, he said, God, life sucks. I'm having a hard time. I'm having difficulty. And God would answer him. And David would write it down. And as you read it, God will answer you. And you'll hear God's voice as he spoke to David. He'll speak to you. The voice of God in in the the Psalms of David's love language. And you'll learn how to have a love language to God because you're learning to read God's word as David spoke to God in prayer. Mark up your Bible. I've met people go, but it's a Bible. I know. But it's God's word. I know. But at, at the same time, it's words and paper, and you want to keep track of what's going on, I have a highlighter. Get some highlighters and mark up your Bible. Put some dates in there. On this day, this scripture meant so much to me as God revealed who he was. Number two, how do you hear God in the scriptures? Another one's profound. Get ready. Here it comes. Pay attention on Sunday. (laughs) Pay attention on Sunday. And here's why. Typically, I'm the preacher. and You're the listener. But I love listening to preaching, and I do on a regular basis. Why? Because hearing God through the preaching of God's Word is a spiritual exercise, a spiritual phenomena that the Scriptures teach us about, that you will hear God in the preaching of the Word if you'll put faith and understand as the preachers preach, and I'll hear God as we preach on the Bible. As we declare preaching, it means a proclamation, literally a prophetic telling of what God is saying. And it's interesting. I have preached messages and had people come up and say, wow, that was powerful pastor when you said bump, bump, bump. And I kind of look confused because I never said bump, bump, bump. But I referenced the scripture, I gave an illustration, and what they've said is, it was like you were speaking right to me. I heard God in the preaching of the word. A number of years ago, Christine and I were going through one of the darkest times of our life. It was a year, 10 months, uh, just under a year, 10 plus uh, a month of real difficulty, real darkness. And uh, we were seriously thinking about how to quit the ministry, how to, for Christina to quit the daycare, to sell our home and get out of Cornwall as quickly as we possibly could. Real story, true story. It wasn't like a fleeting thought. It was sit down, strategize. How could we do this? Now, that wasn't God speaking to us. Uh, that was the circumstances and the difficulty that was speaking to us. And just honestly, We weren't really hearing God because of the noise and the distraction of the circumstances that we were going through. We'll talk about that next week and how to tune out distractions, how to tune out the voices that are not the voices of God. Well, we went to a a, a conference during that time, and uh, it was a conference hosted by the family of churches that we belong to, and worship time was happening, and we know the principle of worshiping through. And we've been taught that from a young age, and we've practiced that to the best of our ability. And we were doing that in this conference, where you just love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, despite what's going on in your life. As you worship through the circumstance, it's really a way that God can get a hold of your heart, and God can begin speaking and tune out some of that noise. Well, we sat down, and we didn't really feel that much different. In fact, I hung my head and said to Christina, I'm so ashamed. I don't even belong here. I don't even feel like I'm a pastor this evening to be at a pastor's conference. Well, most of you would know who Pastor Stephen Furtick is and uh, Elevate Church and what an amazing uh, ministry, and amazing man uh, that he is. And he was the keynote speaker that evening. And we were sitting right near the front and, and uh, uh, Pastor Ferdick was b- b- preaching throughout his sermon and he got to one of his, what I call preacher rants, where he was excited, his voice was elevated, uh, just like the name of his church, Elevation. And man, he was, he was hitting a point. He got down off of the stage and walked over to where Christine and I were sitting. He, We were literally in the spit zone of his sermon, and he was looking over top of our heads, but he began to kind of unpack a thought from the scripture that he was giving us in that conference. That was exactly our circumstance, exactly what we were going through, but he wasn't just speaking out the problem. He began to preach out the solution to what we were facing. I want to tell you that something profound took place in our lives in that moment. In fact, I would say it, it cha- we changed completely. We changed our mind. I remember going back to the hotel room. Our circumstances hadn't changed. Uh, the circumstances wouldn't change uh, for months, weeks later from that moment. But our mindset changed. We realized that we weren't running away. We realized that God wasn't saying, get out. God was saying, stay in. I've got something for you. I'm going to turn this thing around. I remember the next morning at breakfast, getting together with some of our friends, and they said, wasn't it nice of God? Because they knew our circumstances. They knew the inside. They said, wasn't it nice of God to send Pastor Stephen Furtick to preach to your circumstance and have God unlock that for you? We hadn't even debriefed with them yet, and we said, yes, it's amazing. Listen, there's a power in the preaching of the word that can change our lives. Is it because Pastor Roy is a good preacher? No, it has nothing to do with that, literally, at all. I believe I'm gifted by God and given the job to do this, but like Paul in 1 Corinthians, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. I don't come here every week to try to sell you I'm not a salesman. I'm not trying to sell anybody. But I want you to know what Paul wants you to know. He says, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith would not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That word power means dynamite. In the Greek, it's dunamis. We get our word dynamite. God can blow up thinking that is contrary to what he's saying. God can silence what is coming your way through the preaching of the word. If if you'll pay attention on Sunday and take some notes. I promise that you're in an atmosphere where God's word can reach you and speak to you. You'd say, pastor, I hear that. And you're not always as exciting as Stephen Furtick. And sometimes you make me go to sleep. And I go, you know, I know who you are. I do. I know exactly who you are. And there are people just like clockwork every Sunday, as soon as I start, your head goes down and I'm okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings because you're in the Bible. Here it is. It's here uh, in Acts chapter 20 and it's uh, uh, Eutychus, a young man. And he was sitting in a meeting on the third floor of a building in an open window And in that open window, there was no glass because of the climate there uh, where the Bible was written. And he was propped up with his back up against the window frame. And Paul was preaching on and on and on. The Bible said for hours into the evening. And Eutychus fell asleep. And he fell out of the window, fell three stories, and died. And the moral of the story is if you fall asleep in the service, God will kill you. No, 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 no. I have a point. I have a point. It's a good point. Get ready for this. You're going to like this. Eutychus uh, was dead on the ground. And the Bible says that Paul went out and I'm sure felt bad that his sermon at that moment maybe wasn't exciting and with persuasive words, but it had power and he just kept preaching and went out, and he laid hands on Eutychus, and Eutychus was raised to life. Here's the deal. I believe even if you're tired and weary, you've had a long week, you came to church anyway, you tried to pay attention, you fell asleep, it doesn't matter. The power of God is in the atmosphere. The dunamis of God is in the airways. I believe that the dunamis of God, even as people are tuning into the stream, it's affecting you. It will touch you. It will raise you from the dead if you you're feeling dead right now, or sleepy, or you can't even focus on what's being said. But there's something in the atmosphere where the preaching of God's Word is happening, where faith is put together with that. And we believe in this principle at Harvest. And I hope that you'll be renewed to pay attention on Sunday. All right, number three, study God's Word. Study it. And this is more for people who have been uh, following Jesus uh, for some time and you start to get some things figured out. And what are the Gospels? And what's the Old Testament? What's the New Testament? You start to figure some of these things out. And it says, Work hard so that God can say to you, Well done. Be a good workman who uh, does not need to be ashamed when God examines your work. But know what his word says and know what his word means. And that comes through study. And we'll talk to you more about that and how to study and how do you do this. And and uh, there are so many people that, like the Pharisees, and Jesus spoke to them in a stern voice and said, you study my word so you can get smart. <laughs> he said, and you miss the point of that I am the word. I am the breath of God to you. We want to study the Bible so that we know what it means, what it meant to people then and what it means to us now. How to properly do that and the Holy Spirit will help you with that. Number four, if you want to hear God in this foundational way of his Bible, the scriptures, his word, memorize the scriptures. When our kids were in uh, um, day school, they went to Christian day school. For every letter of the alphabet, five years old in kindergarten, for every letter of the alphabet, they learned a scripture. A, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, C, they had a verse for every letter. And they memorized all those verses. And for graduate, kindergarten graduation, they would rhyme those off. And kids just have a capacity for memorization. It's really a powerful thing. When I was in high school, and I can't quote it all, but I can quote some of it, but if you ever read Dickens, you would know this familiar, that it was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, and it was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light, and it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. And poetry and memorizing things is powerful. But even as a child, I can, I can quote so much scripture just because as a child I was taught to memorize scripture. Why would you do that? Why am I asking you to do that? Which, by the way, if you learned one a week, um, you would have 52 scriptures that would be memorized in, in a year. How about, how about one a month? You would have 12 and it's powerful. Why? Look at this. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So Jesus was talking about the great handoff on the day of Pentecost, which, by the way, I'm so excited for the series that's coming in September. I'm going to do a series on the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the gifts of the Spirit. It is going to be so exciting. If the church was birthed in the upper room With the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with fire and power, how much more should harvest be rebirthed in September with a visitation of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit renewed in our life? Come on. I better stop because I want to preach that sermon. We'll preach that one in in September. But the great handoff when Jesus ascended and the Holy Spirit came, he said, he will teach you all things. So he'll help us understand the Bible and remind you of everything that I've said to you. You need to be reminded by the Holy Spirit. But he can't remind you of something that you didn't put in there. If you didn't write it down somewhere, if you didn't put it on that cue card, and put it in your mirror, if you didn't think about that scripture, he can't remind you. But I'll tell you so many times in my life where I've just been thinking, I've got a problem and a scripture will pop to my remembrance. And it's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, thanks for putting that one in your memory bank. That's a good one. I've got to remind you about that one right now. And we hear God's voice through memorizing the scripture. All right, I started saying we're laying a foundation of hearing God's word. We want to read it, pay attention on Sunday study, memorize, and this last one as we get ready to conclude this uh, this morning. Do what you hear. <laughs> you got to do what you hear, and what happens is if you'll do what you'll hear, he'll speak more to you. The Bible says that whoever uh, has uses what they have more will be given. But if you don't use what you have, it'll actually be taken away. And it's not like God is reneging and pulling something back from you. It's a principle. It's a principle that practice makes perfect, so to speak. And as you put into practice the Word of God, it causes that growth, that relationship, that capacity to hear. You'll hear more. But you've done this, and I certainly have done this, where I've been in a service or I've even been preaching to you, and the Holy Spirit has said, I want you to do that. I want you to go home, put that into practice this week. And then it kind of wears off, and and, and I kind of rationalize, maybe that wasn't really God. We're going to look at this next week. And then what happens is I forget what I heard. If you'll put into practice, if you'll begin to do the word, the Bible says this, Therefore, everyone, anyone who hears these words of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. There's a foundation of life. There's a foundation of living. There's a foundation for you that when the storms come, I believe that when Christina and I were in that storm, you know, God just loved us so much and we were in that distraction. But we had built a foundation prior to that storm. And God was able to speak, and we were able to hear. Why? Because we were learning how to put into practice what God's Word had said up to that moment. Don't wait for the storm to do that. Get storm ready and build a foundation in the Word of God. I said five minutes earlier on. If you're kind of feeling like, yeah, I I want to get back into God's Word, not because it's your duty, not because God demands it, because it's a beautiful place for you to hear the communication. I love you. I have a plan for you. I want to grow you up, and I want you to accomplish all that I have for you. God's blessings on you. I just pray that you sense the power of God's Word as we were preaching tonight, this morning, if you're watching that. And just before we conclude, we do this every time we have an opportunity. If you're watching uh, today and you've never invited Jesus into your life, you can't say that you have a relationship with him. You may know about him, but you don't know him. I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me this morning that you can make the way possible because he made the way possible for relationship with you. On the cross, we call it Easter. He died for our sin, rose again so that the Holy Spirit could have a relationship with you. If that's you today, you want to make him Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I do want to have relationship with you. I repent of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Amen. We believe if you prayed that very simple prayer that you're born again and you're going to begin to understand spiritual things. Would you just text us in the box uh, down below if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook? There's also a text number that's coming up on the screen. And just tell us, I made the decision uh, to be in relationship with Jesus. We want to send you a Bible and make sure that you have all the resources you need to begin your life with Him. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and for taking part of our service if you did make the decision to receive Jesus in your heart for the first time we just want to let you know that you have made the best decision ever and we're so excited for this next step in yeah. your journey we're celebrating with you yes heaven is celebrating yes. with you and we would just like for you to let us know by call, by texting the number on the screen. We would love to give you a Bible and to help you with the next step in your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't try to do it on your own because it doesn't work. And uh, we just want to encourage you to reach out, even if it's just one person that you can reach out to. And we'd just love to uh, walk alongside with you. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And we wish you all a really great week.